Welcome, Dania, back to Courtside Moms. I am so blessed to have you again. And now you're going to give us some wonderful updates that has happened to 2021 with, of course, Terrence and yeah. yourself. Yes, a lot has happened in this, over this past year. <laughs> so happy to be with you, though, Wendy. Amen. It's been a while. <laughs> yes, yes, it's been a while, but that's all good. We'll... Uh, well, well, let's let's reminisce together, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so our boys both experienced, let's say, unconventional paths to the NBA. My son mm-hmm. actually went undrafted in 2014 and was given his first NBA opportunity through the Orlando Magic after playing overseas two years. Mm-hmm. So remind our listeners about Terrence's path from being drafted late in the second round to recently signing to two years at 22 million yeah. with the Clippers. Yeah, it's definitely a blessing and it's a testament to his hard work and his dedication and just his love for the game. You know, I'm so proud of him. You know, obviously being drafted in the second round, I think it was pick number 48. Um, you know, you as a second round draft pick, you, you spend your time just proving yourself in the league. And a lot of second rounders don't really make it um, to where Terrence has made it. Um, but he was just, he had a chip on his shoulder. He was, you know, set dead set on proving people wrong. And, you know, he's been playing, he's been, I mean, basketball is part of his DNA. So he's, you know, there's, there's nothing that he can't accomplish. I think when it comes to the game of basketball and, um, you know, he, he really just put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, just, you know, going to practice early, staying late, going to work, uh, you know, work out on his days off just committed to proving people wrong. And I think, like I said, not being chosen in the first round, he had that chip on his shoulder, shoulders. And, um, you know, I, I just think the hard work and dedication paid off. So I'm so proud of him. Oh, for sure. He he did what he had to do. Yes. And you know what? It sounds so familiar with my son too, because like you said, Terrence went late second round, Kem went undrafted. So mm-hmm. when you're end goal is to be in the league you got a lot of work and a lot of people yeah. just think that once you're drafted you're good and that's not necessarily the Hell case. no yeah. not at all not that's- at all there's so many you know guys that i knew that were drafted and you know they're not in the league you know even some first rounders you know and lottery picks that are just not in the league it's not easy and a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to be successful and i'm witnessing it from being a parent and also being a coach. I mean, I thought, you know, once he was in, I'm like, oh, this is golden. He'll be, he'll be just fine. He'll, but the amount of hard work and focus and just kind of like the ability to block out distractions, yeah. I think is a te- is key for these guys. You know, there's just so much, you know, so many fans that are after them, you know, to be perfect mm-hmm. on every single night. You know, every, you know, you're playing 82 games in a season. Every other night you're playing. And Terrence is logging in some major minutes, 36 minutes a night. And just to keep up with that sort of lifestyle, that sort of, you know, just regimen is, is so, it's just so, I mean, outside looking in, I'm just like, wow, I got a different appreciation for these guys than I did prior to my son joining the league. I'll tell you that. 
Oh, for sure. And you know what? The fans and spectators, they just see the actual game. They don't see the work ethic that comes along with it. And not to say they don't understand. They just don't see it. They don't live it. I mean, our boys, I mean, you imagine the stress on our bodies, you know, on their bodies every single day, they got to practice, you know what I mean? And some practices are harder than others. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some games are harder than others. And then they have to play that game. You know what I mean? Try to get that W and then get on a plane and travel go to a hotel mm-hmm. and practice again and do it all over again and yeah. that's a lot you know what I mean yeah. so yeah. I too have appreciation um, a huge appreciation for for what they do because a lot of people in the world have office jobs and we complain mm-hmm. our nine to five and we're so mentally tired and yeah. it is what it is but you know when your body is being stressed every mm-hmm. single day that's a lot so yeah and, and yeah and I just thought it was all about the love of the game but at this yeah. level it's way more than that <laughs> you need way more than that in order to perform and you know yeah. there's performance anxiety you know they have to get you know, motivate themselves every other day to, to be the best player that they can be. And, you know, these fran- fans are brutal. You know, some yeah. of the things that they say online, and I know we've, we've spoken about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to write back some, some, some stuff yeah. too. You know, I want to <laughs> reply too, and it's then, but yeah. sometimes I have to kind of like, you know, understand that they just are ignorant and they don't appreciate um, what these guys are doing on a night, you know, a yeah. daily basis in order to entertain them because to them it's entertainment but right. for our kids it's you know it's you know quality of life it's it's you know generational wealth it's you know sacrificing their body it's so many other things other than just entertainment yeah and sometimes I don't think they understand that and I have as a mom I have to sometimes block it out as well because yeah. you know I want to fight everybody that says something crazy <laughs> about yeah. my child but I gotta <laughs> I gotta sometimes you know block it all out and 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 kind of just worry about Terrence and, and no one else yeah I always wonder about the pressure from players um like you're saying he scored 36 points I believe you said a few minutes ago do they have that pressure to feel that man I scored 36 points now I have to continuously score oh, yeah. all those points are even more and more you know what I mean because sometimes mm-hmm. you said people are mean you score 36 and then the next game is 12 yeah. and it's like yeah. is that really important but to the fans exactly. it is but to the player it's like I have that pressure you right. know what I mean now I gotta ask for the ball all the time or I gotta make mm-hmm. sure that I'm putting it up and it's that's a lot yeah and for Terrence too his role if he if if he had a role that was more important than 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 any other I would say it's his defense so he's always defending the best player on that on the other team. He's defending the Currys. He's defending yeah. the Donovan Mitchell. He's defending anybody that's the better player on the other team. Terrence is matching up with them defensively. So yeah. half the time he's running around chasing these all stars, you know. And then on the opposite end, now you're expecting him to put up 36 every single night. Yeah. But uh, you know, he obviously this is only his third year in the league, and he's got to find the right balance. He's got to grow into his own. And sometimes I think. People forget this is only his third year. Yeah. Um, and there's a, you know, God willing, he's going to have a long career in the league. But, you know, he's growing. He's getting better. He's getting smarter. He's getting stronger. Um, and, you know, eventually he'll be able to be perfect on both ends or as good as he can be on both ends. But for right now, he's so locked in on the defensive end. He wants to stop the Currys. He wants to stop the Mitchells. He wants to stop. Yeah. That, that's his passion. Like, if yeah. he knows he he can stop that player from being, you know, being, you know, helping their team win. That's what he wants to do. And the other end of the floor, he's a very, you know, very selfless, 
will in the past to his stars, his all-star, you know, PG and get everybody going. But I think that role that he has, that niche, that ability to have such a high basketball IQ is another reason why the Clippers decided to sign him to the extension. He has, he's a totally different player. I don't see a lot of players in the league that are like him that sacrifice, um, you know, for the greater good of the team winning. Winning to him means everything. And that has a lot to do with me being a coach and coming home after losses and not being very happy. (laughs) Um, So he, you know, winning to Terrence is is totally different than it probably is to a lot of other athletes. Um, It it just means quality of life. It means happiness. It means, you know, peace in the home. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, when you grow up like that, you you try to do everything you can to make sure at the end of the day your team wins because you know how good it feels um, for everybody involved. Oh, for sure. So let's just go back a sec. You said you understand this as a coach. So mm-hmm. earlier in, uh, in 2021, you became mm-hmm. an assistant coach in the yes. WNBA for the Atlanta Dream. So mm-hmm. number one, congratulations, Mama. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so proud of you, man. That's so oh, proud I appreciate of you. that. So Tell us about what that experience was like for you and some of the joy and challenges you had Mm -hmm. along the way in your new journey. Yeah, well, I had been coaching college basketball for 23 years, and um, my last position was the head coach at the University of Rhode Island, and I was there for five years. So when I left Rhode Island, even after 23 years of coaching, you have to make a decision whether you want to hang up the whistle or continue to you know, look for those coaching opportunities. Yeah. Um, and I did a little bit of both. You know, I hung up the whistle for two years and, and really invested my time in helping Terrence adjust to the NBA and being there for him as he's, you know, living on his own in LA. And I got to help him set up the cable, the lights, the gas. Yep. Like, you know, all of a sudden he's an adult. And he's like, mom, I don't know what to do. So my um, departure from college coaching came at the right time. Um, it really allowed me to spend a lot of time with parents and with Martin, seeing their games and just being present for them. For so many years, I was present for so many other ch- other people's ch- children, yeah. you know, and making sure that they grow into you know great people and great citizens that sometimes my kids sacrifice that quality time with mom. Yeah. So that two, the two-year break I had was really um, beneficial. I think God had a plan. He knew exactly what we needed at that time and to step away from college basketball was, was what my family needed. Um, so fast forward two years, I'm still not coaching. I'm still, you know, being NBA mom, um, and enjoying it. And I get a call from, um, the, one of the assistants at the Atlanta dream. And it was right before the season begins. And he's like, listen, we have a vacancy. I know you're not coaching anymore. I know you've always wanted to coach in the WNBA. What do you think about coming to help us? And a week later, I was on the plane to Atlanta and yeah. helping them, helping them um, with their season. So mm-hmm. it, it was, it was a lot of fun. It, you know, after college coaching college basketball, I thought about the WNBA. That's kind of like the next step, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, above co- college coaching. Obviously, it's the highest, the highest professional, um, you know, opportunity for women. So. You know, I went in like, okay, so now I'm coaching professional in the WNBA. I don't have to worry about recruiting. I don't have to worry about phone calls. I don't have to worry about just worrying about kids, you know, because, you know, college, you're talking about 60 to 20, 20 year olds that you constantly have to worry about 24 seven to make sure they're doing the right things off the court. 
I'm like, this is going to be great. I don't have to babysit. I don't have to, you know, these girls are going to show up every single day and be ready to practice and be self-motivated. They're adults. And I was super, super excited about that. And then I realized, you know what? Athletes are athletes. They all yeah. handle the pressure of performance differently. Yes. Their character shows up there, you know, there are so many things about who they are show up. And so it gave me a good perspective in that people are going to be people, athletes are going to be athletes. And, you know, as a coach, you just have to be there to support them any way you can. And at the end of the day, it really has little to do with X's and O's. It's all about yeah. motivation. It's all about character. It's all about um, just being the best person you can for the great good of the team. So that was kind of eye-opening for me to realize that, yeah. you know, it, it's like that at every level. And uh, as we talked about, it's like that in the NBA too. Oh, for sure. So as a coach, how different, in your opinion, is the level of play from the college level to yeah. WNBA? Well, it's definitely different. The level of um, athleticism, talent is just by far better than college. Um, you know, college, maybe your top six players on your team are elite college athletes and all the rest of them on your, your squad is, you know, are players that, you know, are role players or need more development. But in the WNBA, you have 13, 12 to 13 women on the team that are all-stars, you know, that can play. The, I'll tell you a little story. When I was coaching college and I'm rebounding for my players, the basketballs are flying all over the gym, missing shots, and I'm running after their shots and passing to them. Well, with WNBA, they don't miss. I can just stand right under the rim and they're just shooting and goes through the net. And I'm like, this is, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is professional basketball right here. You guys are making shots at a high clip. And I just laughed to myself because I remember, you know, rebounding for my girls in college. And I'm talking about, I'm running around the gym and getting missed shots, bricks, flying all over the place. But uh, the college women, they're talented, man. They're talented. The game is very simple. It's, it's just, uh, it mimics the NBA so much. Yeah. A lot of the sets, a lot of the, the schemes, a lot of the plays are very, very similar to the um, NBA. And the shot clock is similar. In the professional league, we have a 24-second shot clock. And in college, it's 35 seconds. Yeah. So, I mean, these girls have got to score at a high clip. Yeah. Um, they got to be effect efficient in how they get, you know, how they score. So the WNBA mimics the NBA in terms of the offense so, so much. And I learned a lot of, you know, I, I recognize a lot of it, obviously, from watching the NBA, but now understanding why it was so important for them to mimic. It can't mimic the college college uh, basketball style play. It has to mimic the uh, NBA, and I think it's because of the, the shorter shot clock and just better talented players. You know, you have to – you don't have to do much for them yeah, to score, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. So watching a game live uh, can be so hype. Mm-hmm. Players have said that they feel the energy in the crowd and feed off of them as well. As a coach, do you feel that as well? Uh, I, as a coach, I try to block out the crowd. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, I didn't, I couldn't tell you who was in the crowd, how many people were there, what, uh, you know, what they did at the timeouts. <laughs> you know, you just, as a coach, you're just so locked in, locked into the game plan locked into the flow of the game, locked into your players, that you really don't notice anything else around you. When my kids were younger, um, you know, they would be running around the gym. Well, actually, Martin would be running around 
the gym and Terrence would be locked in, sitting right behind our bench, locked in. But I, it was, it was kind of frustrating for them to even be there because I had to lock, be locked in to the yeah. game and my players. And then I'm out in the corner of my eye, I see Martin running around the stands and I'm like, Oh my God, hope this kid doesn't fall, you know, <laughs> while he's going up to the concession stand. And, you know, so it, it's, you definitely are very locked in as a coach and I'm sure as a player too, you really have a, a keen ability to just block out all that other stuff that's going on. Absolutely. I mean, I, it must be difficult, you know what I mean? Because the the crowd is trying to amp you up, you know what I mean? Uh And get you there. And I don't know. I think you notice it when you make big plays. Yeah. When you make big plays, you hear the crowd and that kind of motivates you and pumps you up as well. Yeah. I think as an athlete, yeah, you definitely hear them. But, uh, you know, as a coach, I think we, we we're capable of blocking them out. Of course. I mean, I watch games. And you know what I mean? The the team is doing great. The crowd is losing Mm -hmm. their minds. Mm -hmm. So to me, as a spectator, I sit back and I'm like, how can the crowd's energy not have an impact on the results? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely does. It's got to have something. You know what I mean? (laughs) It was, you know, the last time we did our interview, I was in the bubble and there was no crowd. There was no one in the stands. And I felt so bad for the guys. Like they had to do so much to motivate themselves to Mm -hmm. kind of play because they weren't getting that energy from the crowd. And it's just so refreshing to see back to normal. And I hope it can stay that way. Um, You know, God willing, but it's, it's amazing. Now as a mother now, when I'm in the stands and I'm watching the game, I'm like this, (laughs) I'm looking at the jumbotron. I'm looking at what's happening in timeouts. I'm like, you know, who's performing, you know, I'm enjoying that atmosphere as a mom now. Um, that I am, I could, I love the live games because of that, you know, yeah. and, uh, I, I could definitely appreciate the crowd and the energy that they give to these guys. It's just phenomenal. Okay. I thought I was the only one that does that. No, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> when I go I'm to, no, I'm sure all the moms do. I just laugh. We're all families, right? I mean, when I go yeah. to Raptors games, I'm like, oh my God, I'm looking, like you said, I'm all over the place. I'm looking yeah. and I'm oh, high yeah. people ping ping right next to me. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I don't like going, I don't know about you, but I don't like going to away games because I miss the energy of the crowd in, in yes. the Staples, what was the Staples Center. Yes. Um, I miss that energy. And um, when I'm at away games, I hear more of the heckle, the heckling yeah. that's going on. Yeah. And the people that are talking smack, I'm like, hey, that's my son, relax. <laughs> so, hey, like, I'm so nosy. I'm just fighting with people in the stands. Yep. And, yeah. You know, when they score, I'm yelling and then they're like, oh, you know, you, you must be for the other team. I'm like, yeah, I'm from the, for the other team. I'll relax. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I end up getting into, <laughs> into conversations with the fans at a yeah. wedding. But uh, yeah, I, I, I go, obviously, especially when they're on the East Coast. I, I'll go to a lot of the, the games in Philly and Boston and New York. And, but I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy the away games at all because I hear everything that people are you know, saying yeah. I'm so competitive. I'm so competitive, you know? So when my team is losing, I'm not doing well. I'm like frustrated inside. Yeah. I'm like, and then when they start doing it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Somebody, somebody got it. Somebody got to help me. That, there I you need, go. Listen, girl. I need counseling <laughs> for away games. <laughs> I haven't been, well, so when Kim played Orlando Magic, I would go to a lot of home games. I mean, I was still living in Canada then, right? And right, right. So I would go to Orlando to see a lot of home games. Uh-huh. But when he would play the Raptors, 
well, I'm in Canada. You, yeah, I would go. Yeah. So that was yeah. the only away games oh. that I would go to. Yeah. And by nature, I'm a Raptors fan anyway. Right. And here my son's playing Orlando Magic. So for the yeah. whole game, I'm like jumping all over the place. I'm hype. I'm using my mind like to the <laughs> from beginning right. to end. Uh-huh. And I remember my son was player of the game. Oh, yeah. All 20,000 knew that I was in that gym. Oh. And his dad and the, you know what I mean? The family. And they just kept turning around. Uh-huh. <laughs> Looking at us. And I was uh-huh. like, we're getting the stink face. We need to call security. And we were laughing. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about away games anymore. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. They're terrible. It's, it's fun though. And I think a lot of people know me as Coach LaFour. So I mean, right. and people are like, Coach LaFour, Coach LaFour, can I get a picture with you? I'm like, it's Terrence man, not me. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. But it's, That's it's fun. Awesome. It definitely is fun. So do you feel that there's an advantage to coaching a basketball team with you being a former player? Uh, there's an advantage to coaching. Say, ask that again. Do you feel that there's an advantage mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. coaching a basketball team with because you are a former player? Ah, good question. Yes, um, I do. I do think there is an advantage because you have a, appreciation for what the players are out there doing because doing because you have gone through it um you understand you can read their body language and understand exactly what's going on in their mind yeah because you were a part of that i think even knowing the game and having a feel for the game um, because you played it really increases your iq as a coach um and you know vice versa there are a lot of coaches who never played the game but they studied the game yeah. And, you know, they're, they're good coaches as well. So I, I definitely think both has its advantages and disadvantages. Um, yeah. But I, I think being a former player and coaching definitely helped me to kind of um, um, relate to my players. Hmm. Whether, what do you consider a good basketball game? Ooh. Okay, I'll answer that as a coach, and I'll answer that as a parent, okay? Amen. It's okay. definitely yeah. different. Oh, okay. okay. Please share. All right, so as a coach, I think a good basketball game would be win or lose, it would be if your team played hard. Mm. You know, if your team gave it their all and just played hard and followed the game plan and, you know, was, you know, into it every possession and hype, and it just it – just, it was, it's a good representation of who your team is. Yeah. I think that's a good game. And it really doesn't have anything to do with the record. I mean, the result. Right. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to win. But I think as a coach, you can appreciate your players giving it their all. And that's something you preach as a coach. I don't care what happens. Leave it all out on the court. You know? yeah. And when your players do that and, you know, they're locked in with you and, you know, y'all have that, that great relationship, coach-player relationship during the game. I think you can feel good about the performance. As a mom, obviously, and I'm sure you're you're very, and this is something that I have to kind of learn to step away from because as a, as a mom, I always want parents to be the player of the game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I always want him to have a double-double. I always want him to, to play at a level that's just, you know, just excellent because I know everyone wants that from him. And I wanted to as a mom, but it's not fair for him to have, for him to hear me say, well, why didn't you have a double-double tonight, you know? Because yeah. his game is just so different. So I think as a mom, a good game 
I would say when he plays well, yeah, and his team and his team wins. You know, yeah. I, I like I like at the end of the game when he's being interviewed as a player of the game. You know, I, I like that for him. I like it for the organization, and I like it for the city. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's just so much fun when your team is is playing well and winning and and um, just enjoying it. Obviously, they're going through a little bit of a slump because of injuries and COVID protocols and yeah. we have to keep all that in proper perspective this is life or death situation that these guys are dealing with mm-hmm. and we can't expect um the, the happiness shouldn't be winning basketball games at this point happiness should be health yeah you know their health so you know as a mama like I said it's obviously him playing well and being that player of the game yeah, yeah. I love how you say that. And it's so true. And here I, I, I think of my son and he's on the, he's a little different when it comes to being that player that cares about um, the scoring the 36 points or mm-hmm. for him, none of that mm-hmm. for him is how can I contribute to the win yeah. period? He doesn't even look at you know what I mean? Like I, I would text him after the game. Oh, you had a double double. That's amazing. Or you had mm-hmm. six points today and two rebounds. That's great. And he's like, uh, but for yeah. him, it's what did I do to mm-hmm. help our team win this game? So he yeah. doesn't he doesn't want to think about all that or focus on that because he feels mm-hmm. that I'll get him off his game, which I love and I appreciate. Yeah. But then yeah. I look back years ago, it was important. Now he's just like, we won. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes about his business. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just happy. He's great. And that's it. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? When they don't win, he's like, I, I gave it my all. And this right. is what I'm going to do to work on, you know what I mean? Work on whatever didn't work in this game. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Just so we can improve together as a unit and do better next game. So I, for me, yeah. it's like, oh, it took, at first I was like, no, you should care. But now it, I'm like, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because as that mom. <laughs> and that is where I am. I have to learn to kind of just back off and, you know, let him enjoy the success, win or lose, or how he plays without me giving my too much of my input. And in. you need to be the leading scorer. You need to, you know, I can get that. I can get like that, but You're I really coach. have to learn. To, yes, I really have to learn to back off. And, you know, for the guys, I think you're playing 82, 82, over 80 games a season. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the highs and lows emotionally yeah. or mentally if you worried too much about winning right. and was down too hard on yourself for losing? Yeah. It's, it's just too much of a roller coaster. So I think they have found an ability to be even keel with whatever happens. Yes. And I yeah. think they have to have that. It, it, it's really beneficial to their mental health to not get too high and not, and not get too low because yeah. the season is way too long. and um, so much can happen and so much happens that's out of your control as we can see now mm-hmm. so i think they do a very good job of being um, mentally strong and tough when it comes to you know the roller coaster of the nba i love how you say that because it is so true and you're saying the season is so long and for someone to have to feel that pressure of being mm-hmm. perfect every single day yeah. you know what i mean yeah. that's a lot so i'm, I'm yeah. happy you said that because it is so true it's we're not talking about a month here no you know what I mean no. we're talking about a good part of the year is the oh, season yeah. you know what I mean oh, so yeah. it's like you gotta do what you gotta do right yeah. to stay right mentally and feel good mm-hmm. about who you are as a player and all you can do is what you can do yeah and that's what I have to learn being a college coach we have maybe 30 games in our season if that yeah, yeah. and you know you can manage that but when it comes to a2 it's just too much for you to yeah. be always so I have to take off my coaching 
Pat in my experience coaching college and learn what it's like to support him as an NBA player. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes it, it can get in the way if I don't understand what it really takes. And so now that it's his third year, I'm learning a lot about how to be a supportive mom and a supportive coach without giving too much of my former experience as advice mm-hmm. because it's totally different. Okay. So from him being second round draft pick to being such a dominant player on the Clippers, when did you start to notice Terrence's growth? And as a coach, what attributes do you think he brings to the Clippers mm-hmm. now? Yeah, I think just his selfless attitude. You know, he's, he's more of the facilitator. He's more of the one that will do the dirty work. Like he'll defend the best player on the other team. He'll get the offensive rebound. He'll make the extra pass. He'll do a lot of things that a lot of these pros don't want to do, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And I think that's what makes him so valuable to the Clippers because they have a guy that's willing to sacrifice points for all the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. And if you have a couple of those guys on your team, you you have a great team. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he values that role. Uh, I think he has to learn um, when his role has to be different. Because like you said, every game is different, you mm-hmm. know? And you have to learn to maybe adjust your role a little bit, be a little bit more of an offensive presence or a little bit more of a defensive presence or do a little bit more of the dirty work because you know everything else is taken care of. And could you imagine having to figure that out every other night? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so you can't have just a, a blanket where you're going to play. You have to be able to adjust to who you're playing, um, who you're playing with, who you're playing against. There's so many things that I think you have to be on your toes about when it comes to being in the NBA. And I think he's learning that in his mm-hmm. third year. I think he's, he's learning how to be an NBA player and be um, ready every single night, but have a different role every, yeah. every single night. You know? Well, right now you have Kawhi Leonard who's out and, and, and Paul George who's out. So mm-hmm. this is Terrence's time now to yeah. take on this bigger role. So how is he right. capitalizing on that? Right. And, he, you know, he's got to learn the difference between a great shot and a good shot. You know, mm. sometimes he'll pass up his great shot for a good shot, yep. you know, and I think that all comes with experience. You know, that all comes with, you know, playing. It comes with watching film. He's got a great coaching staff. They really, really um, love him out there on the floor. Um, they appreciate his game, his style of play. And it's just a recipe for success because he's got everything he needs to kind of figure his way through um, the NBA. Yeah. People have said that he's inherited his IQ, his basketball <laughs> IQ from mama. <laughs> Do you see that when you watch him play? Oh yeah. Uh, I, I watch everything this kid does. I mean, and I'm sure you do too as a mom. I'm sure all moms do, you know, yeah. wherever he is in the court, on the court, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm not watching anyone else. I'm just like, yeah, there he is, you know, I'm watching Everything he does, um, I'm watching how he's defending on the ball. I'm watching how he's defending off the ball. I'm watching if he's communicating with his teammates, if he's making the right rotations. If he, like, my mind watching him is so, um, like, it's just all X's and O's watching him. And, um, you know, on the offensive end, I'm looking at his angles, his opportunity to score, pass. uh, Is he running the play right? Um, you know, is he boxing out on defense? Like, yeah, I watch every little thing this kid does uh, when he plays. And um, I could tell, he, I mean, definitely, I, I think 
his IQ is by far better than a lot of, of, of players that I've, I've watched play the game of basketball. Right. Um, and he, he knows when he didn't do something right, you know, and he knows how to correct it. Like a lot of guys don't know that. They don't know what they did wrong and they don't know how to correct it. Whereas Terrence, if he makes a mistake, he knows exactly what he did wrong. And I could see the next time or the next opportunity, he corrects it on his own. Like he doesn't need a coach telling him, hey, yeah. You know, you need to go over that screen or you need to go under the screen. You know, he, you know, he studies um, the game plan. He studies personnel. Because like I said, he's always guarding the best player on the other team. Um, you know, and he makes mistakes too. You know, he makes mistakes. and But I, I think he can bounce back from them because he has just such a high basketball IQ. You know what? The big difference though is you understand the sport. You understand mm-hmm. the game. You mm-hmm. played and you coach. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that go watch the game and are clueless. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just watch the game and you're so. like you said, you're all into the game. You're like, okay, what's happening? You know, uh-huh. there's some people uh-huh. out there onto the game. What happened? Oh, stand mm-hmm. up. Uh-huh. We will, well, oh, yeah. yeah. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> no right. idea. Have no right? idea what it takes to just play. They have no idea yeah. what it, the understanding of the game. They well, have it. no idea there's a game plan. You yeah. know, there's an actual game plan, folks. Yeah. You know, there's actual adjustments that are being made. Like, yep. let you know, like this, it's it's a science. It's it's yes. beautiful. It's yes. a beautiful game. You know, and uh, not a lot of people, obviously, not a lot of fans appreciate that. And those are the ones I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, <laughs> Coach LaForce. I know. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> that no, listen. Sometimes you know what? That's just where it takes us, right? Where we're like, just mm-hmm. protecting <laughs> our babies. Yep, yeah, protect our yep. babies. Amen. We're mama, mama bears. Yeah. We're mama listen, bears. I when Kim would say things to me, I'm like, who did it? Who I gotta call? Who's it? And he laughs. Exactly. He laughs. You know what I mean? He's like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, now that he's in the league, we just laugh about so much stuff. Right. And I'll say to him, you're. I'll say to him. um, Hey, Cam, you know what I mean? Like, whose mom do I got to call? Right. Yes. <laughs> He's like, you probably know her. And we just laugh about it. It's just funny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't make me call their mama. So, <laughs> right. so you watch his games and yes. you just mentally coach him. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In your mind, because you know the situation on the court. Mm-hmm. But does Terrence do the reverse? Does he come to your games and gives you his opinion <laughs> on what's happening on the WNBA court? Does he coach you or coach the women or say, Ma? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, uh, he actually came to uh, the game when we played the Las Vegas Aces and he sat courtside and stuff. And he was actually right, you know, obviously, you know how it is. The floor seats are next to the bench. So mm-hmm. He was right next to our bench. Um, and he didn't, he obviously didn't say anything after the game, but you know, he just, he just tries to enjoy it. I think just try to enjoy the moment of being there and, and watching mom coach or help coach. And, you know, we don't really, he doesn't really give me any feedback. <laughs> he used to, he used to, when he was younger and his feedback was just as brutal as probably mine is <laughs> sometimes. You know, I'm like, you babe, you can't say my girls suck. You cannot say that. <laughs> you have to, you have to be a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> you know or you know you should have won that game where you know so I'm like I don't want to hear that right now you can't tell me that right now we just lost you know yeah so he had to he had to learn to be a little less um harsh with his with criticism of my team at mm-hmm. times <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah I can imagine so. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So lots of players never get the chance to go deep in the playoffs. Last year, the Clippers went to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in their franchise history. How valuable was that experience for Terrence? Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. I, I'm, I still I'm said I, I couldn't be there, but um, I actually watched the game uh, from my hotel room, and it was funny because I think my game was a little bit delayed, and I, my phone just kept pinging, 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 and I'm trying to watch the game and not you know be on my phone, but my phone is blowing up. <laughs> so I said to myself, something must be happening. Terrence must be doing something because. Everyone's watching that game. It's the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Everyone's watching it. Or semifinals, for that matter. Everyone's watching. And my phone's just going crazy, but it's a little bit delayed on the television. And you know how um, Tom Cruise jumped on Oprah's couch? Yeah. <laughs> that literally was me in the hotel room. Like, I'm jumping <laughs> on the couch. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, because that scoring out- outburst is, nothing, yeah. you know, we hadn't seen that for Terrence. He's definitely capable of it, and I have to keep reminding him of it. But we hadn't seen that in his two years in the NBA. Yeah. So to be, to play that well on that stage at such an important time for that yes. franchise was just amazing. Yes. And he's going to go down in history for being the player that had that 39 points and dunked on Rudy Gobert and, and helped him get to the finals. He's going to have a history of being that player. The best moment for me and the moment that still brings tears to my eyes is when they subbed him out at the end of the game and he had a standing ovation from every single person yes. that was at the Staples Center. And I was just like, wow, this kid has done it. He has mm-hmm. done it. I was so proud of him, so happy for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, it's just a good feeling to know that he – created history he made history for that organization and the best is yet to come though amen Mm -hmm. amen that that was it was amazing for him to be a part of that but like you Mm -hmm. said now he's going to be a part of something different right you know what I mean and and that's that's a great feeling Mm -hmm. because I to me that just gives them direction yeah you know what I mean now that trajectory is like okay I did Mm -hmm. this now let me accomplish Mm -hmm. something even bigger or even better so and the confidence to know that you're capable of doing it yeah absolutely so and he shows a lot of confidence he has said that he trusts his work Mm -hmm. he trusts his abilities and it's clear that he does what he needs to do to contribute to Clippers wins Yes. Like you said, he understands the assignment. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you think are, how, okay, when you say that he understands the assignment, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? Well, growing up, I think in a coaching household and watching me coach and, and, and pour in the intangibles, we call it the intangibles, you know, mm-hmm. it's not really, it's not talent. It's the intangibles. It's the things that make talent really be what it is it's the little thing it's being a team player it's being you know doing the dirty work you know like I said offensive rebounds making the extra pass it's um you know not if you're not playing not being on the bench and sulking about it it's understanding that you know defense is a part of the game you know and you have to pour in on that side of the ball as well as the offensive side some players don't believe in defense they don't care about defense they just want to put a point so I think just growing up around athletes from such a young age, he knows the recipe for success. Like he, he, he has the, the, the answers to the test for lack of a better term, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, he knows the type of player a team needs in order to win and the type of coach, the type of player a coach wants to coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? He knows that just based on being around me and my teams and coming home, you know, me coming home, talking about what worked, what didn't work, you know, how players should be acting. You know, he yeah. saw the pitfalls of bad behavior yeah. and how it costs us games, it costs us our seasons. And he never wants to be that player for this team. He's never going to be that player that's selfish, that doesn't work hard, that doesn't defend, doesn't want to defend and off the court are creating distractions for their team. He's not going to be that type of player because he sees the downfall of that type of player for a program. But he understands, that's why I didn't say what he understands the assignment. He has yeah. the answers to the test and he knows what it is to be, like I said, a great player, a great teammate and a, a, a player that a coach wants to coach. Abs there you go. And yeah. you know what? Being coachable you know what I mean? Is different in my opinion as being good. Yes. So I think Definitely. that's important for people to understand. And as a, as a coach I, I, and a player, you would understand that more than anybody, mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? Right. You have some kids that are great, but you can't coach them. No, and they have some kids that yeah. are not so good, but you know what? They're willing to do what they have to do to, you know what I mean? Exactly. To, to listen and say, okay, coach, what can I do? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they want to get better. Everybody wants to get better. And I always say to kids, well, if you're already better than everybody else, and how come you're not scoring more points than anybody right. else? How come you don't got them triple doubles every single game yeah. and all that? Like, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? Whose fault yeah. is that? So, yeah. So I, I love, and this is why I like asking you questions because you have, you come from a different perspective because mm -hmm. you, you can explain to, to our listeners, both sides. Yes. You know I mean? And so talent is never enough. They say yeah. talent is never enough. There's so there many things go. that have to come with it in order for you to excel. And I think the mental part of the game, parents excel that. Like I was, I was always a coach that taught the game, not only just the physical aspect, but also the mental side of the game, mm -hmm. you know, what you have to do, you know, to be successful, how do you have to type of confidence you have to have, you know, the grit, the determination, all those things coupled with the physical side mm -hmm. is what makes a great player. So oh, sure. mental, the mental part of the game, I think he's learned to master that simply because I constantly talk to him about mentally being, you know, better, mentally yeah. understanding what it takes and, you know, learning from your mistakes as opposed to being down about them. There's just so many conversations that we've had that was just all mental, all mental part of the game it had nothing to do with yeah. how to defend the ball screen. It had nothing to do with mechanics on a jump shot. It's all just mentally talking through it and kind of gaining that confidence and that, that, um, that toughness that you need to, to yeah. be, that's good, be good. That's so mm -hmm. important. Yeah. My son and I too, after he plays, um, I will text him and I will ask him, like you said, it's more about his feelings mm -hmm. about the game. And you know what I mean? It's just like, whether the win or lose doesn't matter. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of, okay, you know, how'd you feel about the game? What do you think you could right. have changed differently? What do you think mm -hmm. you could have changed? And how do you mm -hmm. think the team could have changed? You know what I mean? Or, or sometimes it's, no, nah, we couldn't have changed anything. Cool. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? He's just, it just, it just happened. That's all right. It's not, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So uh, sometimes it's just like, just let that go. Yeah. Because you can't get the wind back. It's gone. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it's, yeah. it's sometimes it just happens. No one can yeah. be perfect every single night right nobody no so one. when i look at players you know what i mean you have our superstar players you know what i mean and sometimes the way they're treated to me mm -hmm. floors me because i'm like oh you know what i mean mm -hmm. because people don't really see yeah you know what i mean anything other than the fact that well they should have won 
or he right. thinks he's better than everybody else or he th- exactly. no he doesn't he's just a player mm-hmm. like everybody else whether you mm-hmm. have the superstar players or the non-superstar players it's just a game yeah they're playing yeah. what they love you know what i mean yeah. they grew up most of them you know what i mean learning yeah. this sport and now you know what i mean it became a job and they're doing their mm-hmm. best at it and that's it it's, right that's it. so yeah yeah so the Clippers staff, the players, and the fans, they all believe in Terrence and all he does. Mm-hmm. Paul George has said that Terrence is a great player and puts a lot of work on his game. They recognize his talents and respect him for who he is. Mm-hmm. What is something you would like us to know about Terrence Mann, the player? Ooh, good question. Thank you. Um, I think that uh, I would like people to know that he has a different appreciation for his ability, his role, his impact um, than than, than most players. I, I think there are some players that can turn off being a basketball player, like when they could go, hopefully some could turn, turn it off. But being basketball is, has been so much a part of our lives for so long. Like I say this, and I'm not, it's in our DNA. It's very hard for him to turn off basketball. You know, it's very hard for him to go home and not think about his role or his, you know, like I said, on days off, he goes to the gym and works out. It's just normal. It's 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 an everyday thing for us, you know, and we can't turn it off. And I think I would like people to know that about Terrence. It's very hard for him to turn off basketball because it's a lifestyle. It's 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 so ingrained in who we are um, that it's hard to turn it off. I love how you just said that. That was actually my next question. Because I'm thinking you are so completely surrounded by basketballers. You have Terrence who pl- yes, you have Terrence who plays in the NBA. Your son Martin plays at Pace University. Your husband coaches Mississippi, and mm-hmm. your former coach of the WNBA with the Atlanta Dream. So I was thinking, how do you turn that off? Yeah. But you answered it. You don't, and you know what? You that is an awesome thing, though. I mean, it it has its benefits, and I'm sure mm-hmm. some challenges, right? Like sometimes, like imagine the dinner table. I mean, yeah. do you guys talk about what's going on at the mall with the studio? <laughs> no. You just go around the table and talk about uh-huh. everybody's Basketball. games. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's 24 seven um, basketball. And, um, you know, we have to, we have to learn, like people say, well, are you going to watch the Lakers Knicks game or the, the Nets magic game? I'm like, I'm not watching any basketball, you know, because yeah. basketball for me is not just, I can't watch it as a fan. It, it's, it's part of like, my mind starts to work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I start to break the game down and I, I empathize with the coaches I empathize with the players. So I don't want to, I'm so competitive. I never want to lose, you know? So I don't want to have any other team to root for than the teams I must root for. Mississippi State, Pace University, and the Clippers. And and the Atlanta Dream, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's very hard for me to watch or get caught up in any other sport because it's just not fun. It's just, it's really just, I hate when teams lose, you know, my teams in particular. So I'm not going to sit there and, and root for another yeah. team and possibly they lose. That's that's frustrating. That's yeah. stressful. 
and said, you know, you know what? So. I just see you as that person <laughs> who were the rest of us are shutting off our games and I got to yeah. turn to my stories. I mean, I got to catch up and here you're turning on to the next oh, yeah. game and the next game. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I do find moments to vegetate. I, I would say I do watch a lot of, um, what do you call it? A lot of, uh, reality TV. Yeah. I have to find things to distract me from yeah. thinking about the game and from yeah. processing it all. So I, you'll see me binge watching a couple of shows just to keep my mind off of basketball and yeah. when's Terrence's next game, when is Martin's next game, when is Eddie's next game, what's yeah. their record, what's going on in the locker room, what's, you know, it's just a lot of basketball every single day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I could just imagine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this year, um, you had more and more accomplishments. So, so proud of you. You were recently nominated and, and then awarded the Excellence in Sports Award yeah. by the Institute of Caribbean Studies during the Caribbean yes. American Heritage Award Gala. Mm-hmm. Explain yeah. to us what that is about and what it means to you to be recognized mm-hmm. once again for your coaching abilities. Oh, that was just an amazing moment. Um, and, I, and I think it kind of, um, kind of recognized my coaching path and and my coaching ability and and being a mentor uh, and a coach to so many wonderful young women um, but also my heritage you know and I'm from St. Lucia and you know I came to the United States when I was five years old so sometimes people don't see that side of me and it gives me a different perspective on a lot of things because I'm not quote unquote American you know I'm an immigrant so I have a you know a different appreciation for a lot of the things that I receive, that I, you know, that I have to go through. It's like, you know, yes. we, you know, us Caribbean, we, we, we get our nails dirty. You know, we, we, we were tough, you know, we're resilient. So I think just being recognized for not only being a coach, but also being from St. Lucia and, um, you know, my heritage was just so much. It was the first time that I've, I've ever been recognized for being Caribbean. Amazing. Since I, yeah, since I left the island, you know, and to me, that was a full circle moment. Because coaching kind of, you know, finally came together with who I am. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. It's funny. Um, when I speak, and I'm sure you you hear my accent sometimes, but when I speak, people don't they don't even listen to they don't listen to what I'm saying. Well, I, I they don't they're not hearing my thoughts. Right. They're listening to my accent. Yeah. So I'll I'll go through a whole spiel, and then. The person will say, where are you from? I'm like, did you not hear what I was just talking about? Like, we're going to listen to my tone the entire time. You're not here. So it's funny because I have my accent comes out when I speak to certain people. And, um, you know, obviously being in New York, being raised in New York, I have my New York accent. Then a little bit of Boston comes out. But my players will tell you, when I get pissed off, my Caribbean accent comes out. They're like, whoa, coach is pissed off. I think she just cussed us out in St. Lucia. <laughs> yeah, like, where's she from? Where's she saying? Listen, yes. When, when I get upset, that's when my Caribbean accent comes out. And they know yes. that coach is upset because now she's speaking. Yep. <laughs> she's speaking Patois. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we're just going to go. In the we don't know room. what she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, it was the first time ever, like both both of my worlds kind of collided. And, and, and I was honored for, for both. And I, it was just an amazing amazing moment for me. Well-deserved. Well, well-deserved, well, well Dania. You. you know, it'd be good for you. I saw that and I was like, yo, like, 
that to me, I was like, that's so beautiful. And like you said, yeah. both your worlds, you know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. they, they just meshed into one, yeah. which is important because at the end of the day, you know, basketball coaching is what you do. Mm-hmm. It's not who you are. Right. So it's important to, for people to know this is what I do and this is who I am. And you yes. know what I mean? Now you know Coach LaForce from St. Lucia. Right. So congratulations, right. Mama. <laughs> Thank you. So to conclude, I love the story of an underrated player to now someone who is being reintroduced to the basketball world as unstoppable, a great shooter a wonderful contribution to the Clippers and Mm -hmm. more. As for you, I am so proud of your journey from being a player at Georgetown to coach of division one basketball, to becoming an assistant coach in the WNBA. Mm -hmm. Your journeys are both so awesome. And I am a true fan of you both. And I look forward to seeing (laughs) what's next for Terrence Mann. Yes, and Danielle LaForce. I want to see what's coming up in your stories. So tell us to conclude, what is it like being the mother of Terrence Mann? Uh, It's 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 amazing. Um, I still get butterflies when I hear his name being called in the starting lineup. I still get butterflies when I hear him, you know, given, you know, in the interviews at the end of the games, I still marvel at everything he's accomplished. And I'm so proud of him. He's just, you know, he's just an, truly an amazing, amazing young man. And he's blessed. Yeah. We all are. Absolutely. I actually should have asked you, what was it like? What <laughs> I should have asked you, uh, what is it like being the mother of Terrence Mann, the mother of Martin Mann? Martin you know Mann. what I mean? Come on down, two basketball oh, players yeah. and yeah. your husband's Eddie. Is it Benton? Eddie Benton. Yeah. That's it. This is the wife oh, yeah. of, a, of a basketball coach. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he coaches women as well, right? Yes. yes. Which is fantastic. So yeah, Mississippi State. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. do you guys ever share anything because you're both coaching women? I'm just oh, curious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We share plays all the time. We share plays all the time. Or, you know, when I'm at his games and I see something and I, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to tell him to make this adjustment. I want to tell him to do this. <laughs> but uh, we, do, we we share plays all the time. We're, yeah. we're laying in the bed, drawing up plays. Yeah. We're at restaurants, drawing up plays on the napkins. It's, it's are you fun. at the game? Eddie, page four. I know. <laughs> I know. One black. <laughs> you know, yeah, That's awesome. it's fun. And I'm so proud of Martin. Martin, you know, he overcame two ACLs and, you know, hey, to be, be able to play this year, yes. his senior year. And, um, you know, I'm just so proud of his resiliency and just so proud that he has it. You know, he earned a scholarship to play Division II basketball. And, you know, obviously, that's very difficult. Not a lot of players get that opportunity to earn scholarships. And, and I couldn't be more proud of him. He's a double major, um, you know, so he's getting a great degree. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for his future as well. well. Amen to him. Listen, you yeah. never know. You'll be back yeah. on Courtside Moms and we'll be talking about him. <laughs> and, right. and his career and more <laughs> updates with you and your husband. Oh, yeah, all kinds of good yeah. stuff going on in your family. So mm-hmm. once again, congratulations. Thank Love you, you Dania. You are you fantastic. Too. You really are that role model um, that a lot of people can learn from. That's what I appreciate from you. I mean, I, I, I follow you, you know, what I, mean? I look at your social yeah. medias and I'm like, she's so funny. 
And yet you, at the same time, you know what I mean? People can learn a lot from you. Mm -hmm. You're very educational. So I thank you for whatever, everything that you give back. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Everybody Well, thank you. And I want to thank you too. I think the support system that we have as moms has been great. And what you're doing for the moms is allowing them to have a platform where they can discuss things like this and share ideas and, and be support, supportive for each other. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful idea. I wish you a lot of luck and success. Keep doing what you're doing. You're blessing all of us. I listen to every episode and, um, you know, you're a gift as well. You're a blessing as well. So thank mm-hmm. you. And to your crew, your crew too. We know you guys are back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They are fantastic. Yes. And let me tell you, I could not have done any of this without all the people mm-hmm. that are part of Title League. Fantastic group of people that made me teary eyed because you know what? At the end of the day, I said what my vision was. Mm-hmm. a few years ago and they made it happen yeah. and you know what I mean we could have just had this conversation you and I on the phone right. you know what I mean I right. can call you anytime you know what I mean say hey Daniel exactly. what's up alert but you know what it's important for people to understand our stories so mm-hmm. I'm blessed that I was able to get great people behind me to help yeah. the world understand who we are as moms That's you know what right. I mean like uh-huh. it, it's listen People need to know our stories as well, because Mm -hmm. the players that they love and they hear about, you know what I mean? Their stories begin with us. Yes. You know what I mean? So they they know a little part, but there is a person behind them who Mm -hmm. is helping them orchestrate where they are today. Right. right? And that's that's us. So I say thank you. And I, again, it's Title League as well, because we wouldn't be here, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or it'd be a little bit right. different, you know what I mean? So sure. I just, I just bless it all. Every day is a blessing. And yes. with that said, please stay safe. Yes. 2022 sure. is a brand new uh-huh. year. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> Amen. We are all going to mm-hmm. excel and just do Amen. better than the beautiful things that we did in 2021. So yes. love you so much. And thank, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you so much for coming out Courtside Mom. Mm, no problem. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Do it naturally.